Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of year. What about you? What do you guys think? Yeah. You get to eat lots of food. You get to spend time with family. That's not commercialized as much as Christmas and some of these other holidays. You don't have to buy presents for people. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I am not a very good present buyer. My wife, Julie, is really good at buying presents. She'll, she'll remember something I said in like February and buy it for me for Christmas. And by that time, I'm like, I didn't even know I wanted this, but I, I, <laughs> I know that I want it now. She's so thoughtful, and I, I'm kind of jealous that I'm not as thoughtful. But, um, but we, for Thanksgiving, we don't have to buy gifts. I love it. It's such a great time of year. Um, so today, as we come out of our week of prayer and fasting, this, this day of thankfulness actually comes at a very good time. Because thankfulness is, is a very close, something that's very closely connected to prayer. So as we start our time together, let's just start by doing both, thanking the Lord and praying together. Father, we come before you and we lay everything at your feet. We lay our busy lives, we lay our uh, screaming kids, <laughs> our families, our situations, our hurts, our brokenness, Lord. We lay everything at your feet. And, and today, Lord, we just want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for your faithfulness to us. We want to thank you for your faithfulness through Christ and his sacrifice for us. Lord, thank you for the way that you've been so present among us and so present this past week in our week of prayer and fasting, Lord. We look forward to the things that you're going to continue to do in us. And we're so excited to grow in Christ and to experience more of your kingdom, Father. So we just want to worship you and thank you this morning. And all of our thanks goes to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So thankfulness. Thankfulness feels like a pretty light topic when I think about it just initially. I think about when parents training their kids how to say thank you when when someone gives them a treat. Or when I think of thankfulness, I think of when you go and you open the door for someone and they say thank you. Kind of that attitude of great of gratitude. Uh, basically all these things that a good Canadian does, right? We say thank you a lot, we say sorry a lot. Sometimes when I think of thankfulness, I think about it in this way as almost like a politeness, being polite. But as I've looked over the Bible and I've looked over the passages about thanksgiving, I've realized that it's really different than this. It's much more deep. It's much more rich. It's much more challenging. So let's just start off. I'll start off by reading 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18. And this is very a very short passage, but it's very challenging. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks when someone opens the door for you. No, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Notice those words, always, continually, and in all circumstances. That is the challenge. That is the stinging point for this passage that pokes us a little bit and says, I can rejoice, 
Rejoice always. I'm pretty, I can pray once in a while, pray continually. This is the challenge of this passage. So how is it possible to be thankful at all points in time? Well, firstly, I want to look at a few principles of thankfulness that we should pay attention to when, when we think about thankfulness. Firstly, thankfulness is an act of the will. Notice Paul says, be thankful. He doesn't say, feel thankful. I don't know about you, but often when I, talk, when I use the word thankfulness, I talk about my feelings. I say, I'm feeling really thankful right now because I'm with my family, or I'm feeling really thankful that uh, the day is so nice outside. You know that kind of that fuzzy feeling you get when you're sitting on, on the dock, look, overlooking the lake. Uh, maybe you have your fishing rod, or you have your book, or you have your pumpkin spice latte. You're just sitting there, and you get that feeling, that fuzzy feeling. Or you're, maybe you're in a boat, and you're just cruising along. you got the wind blowing through your hair. Uh, those fuzzy feelings, you know what I mean when I think of that thankfulness feeling that bubbles up? That is not thankfulness. It's possible to have those feelings and to not give thanks and to not feel thankful. Or sorry, to not give thanks. So I think it's important for us to recognize that thankfulness is an act of the will. We can choose to be thankful even when we're not feeling those nice feelings. We'll talk more about that later. The next thing to notice is that thankfulness is rooted in relationship. So we always got to go into the Greek a little bit here. The, the word for thankfulness is eucharistos, which if you are Anglican or Catholic or have any background in that tradition, you'll know that that's the word for Eucharist or the Lord's Supper. But the word really means thankful. And it actually has the root word grace, the word charis. So the word thankfulness has the root word grace kind of in the middle of it. So really what thankfulness is, is thankfulness is recognizing you're the, you're the recipient of someone's grace. It's about recognizing you are the recipient of someone's grace. And I find this so interesting because this time of year, everyone is thankful, but a lot of people don't know who they're thankful to. A lot of people say, I'm so thankful for this and thankful to my family and thankful about this, but they don't know who they're thankful to. But thankfulness is always relational. It's always an act of feeling gratitude towards receiving grace. And as Christians, this is a great holiday for us because we know who we're thankful to, right? We know who we've received grace from. So thankfulness is relational. The third thing is that thankfulness is linked to faith and therefore to miracles. When you, when you thank the Lord for something, you're basically, what you're doing is pointing out an area that you trust in him. When you thank the Lord, you're pointing out an area that you trust in the Lord. So think of an example. When I say, thank you, Lord, for this food that you've provided for us, I'm pointing out that I trust God as my provider. I trust that he's the one who's providing for me. If I say, thank you, God, that you are a healer, that you're a healing God, I'm trusting him that he's going to heal. Um, what are some other examples? If we say, thank you, Lord, for the beauty of your creation, you're trusting that God is the one who created everything. So when we thank God, we are actually 
pointing out areas where we trust in him and where we have faith in him. And I think the more we do this, the more our faith builds and our faith grows. So thankfulness is not just this kind, the polite thing we do. It's actually a faith-boosting thing. It's actually something that shows the parts of our life where we know that God is working. So if we find that we're not thankful very much, there's a good chance we don't, maybe we don't trust that God is at work in our life. So the really interesting thing about thankfulness and faith is that there's a lot of examples of miracles happening after a prayer of thankfulness. There's a lot of examples where someone prays a prayer of thankfulness and then a miracle happens right after. So one example is Acts 16, verse 22 to 26. This is where Paul and Silas are put in prison. So it says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he had received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Uh, I'm assuming thankfulness is in here as well. Uh, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Isn't that interesting? See how Paul and Silas were praising God even while they were in jail. I was thinking about, about this, and I was thinking, imagine if the police came in, they started arresting us and whipping us with sticks, and they arrested all of us all of a sudden. I'm pretty sure my response would not be to praise God and to worship the Lord. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't think that would be my natural response at this point in my life. They were whipped. They were severely flogged with sticks, just hit with sticks, and then put in prison. And their response was to praise God and to worship him. And then God shook the prison and uh, let them go free. Another example is Jonah, the story of Jonah. I don't have the passage here, but Jonah uh, runs away from God, and then eventually the fish swallows Jonah up. And while Jonah is in the fish, he prays this prayer to God. And right at the end of the prayer, he says that he's thankful. He says, I'm going to sacrifice a prayer of thankfulness to you, Lord. And right after he prays that, God commands the fish to spit him out on shore. Another example, Jesus, when he feeds the 5,000, he thanks the Father for the food. He says, thank you, Father. When before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, Jesus says, I thank you, Father, that you have heard me. And then after that prayer, he says, come forth, Lazarus. Lazarus. So isn't it so interesting that Thanksgiving often comes before breakthrough or before miraculous encounters? I thought that was so fascinating. And I think it has to do with the fact that thankfulness is really closely linked to faith. So I think as we make thankfulness a regular part of our life, we'll begin to see the world with a kingdom lens. We'll begin to see the parts of our lives where God is working. We'll begin to renew our minds in his truth of how he's close to us, of how he cares for us, of how he is a healer, of how he provides for us. All of these different things that Jesus teaches us, 
um, when we thank the Lord continually, we're renewing our minds in, this, in these truths. I just want to share a story about um, someone in my life who has really embodied this heart of thankfulness. I've probably told, I think I've told stories about him. As he's my great uncle, Uncle Alfred. And Uncle Alfred's passed away, but back when he was alive, uh, he lived through the war. And while he was in the war, he was captured and put in a Siberian concentration camp. And many of the people around him obviously died, but he survived the war. And he, uh, I've always known him to be one of the most godly, kind, loving people that I've ever met. And even <laughs> we were at his funeral and his, his wife said, I've never heard him say a bad word or a negative word towards someone. And if your wife can say that about you, then that is, that's a sign of a godly person. And so one day he was at a bus stop and he, he was, I think he was sitting there and this guy came by on his bike and the chain fell off of the guy's bike. And the guy got off and he was kind of, he was swearing and frustrated and yelling. And so my uncle went over to help him. And he said, so what's wrong? Like, why are you so angry? And the guy said, well, if you knew what I've been through, you'd be angry too. And he said, well, tell me, what have you been through? I'm curious. And the guy said, well, I was captured in a Siberian concentration camp when, a number of years ago and, and explained this, his story. And my uncle said, I was in the same camp as you were. <laughs> Such a crazy, crazy story that they were both happened to be in that same camp. But but you see how the, their lives were so different. Their hearts were so different based on their experiences. They both had traumatic experience, uh, but they both came away with hearts that were very different. The one was the heart of bitterness, complaining, a heart of anger, and my uncle's was a heart of love, joy, uh, thankfulness, and gratefulness. Now that is a that is a profound testament to a heart of thankfulness. If you can live through a situation like that and still give glory to God. And I think that's what God is calling us to. I think that is what Paul is talking about here when he's saying, thank God in all circumstances. Paul, it, Paul had experienced these kind of traumatic experiences. He had experienced being whipped, thrown in jail. He had experienced being persecuted and ridiculed. And still, he could say, be thankful in all, all circumstances. Now, that is challenging. That's challenging. So we could talk about thankfulness all day. We could talk about it all day, but the fun part is applying it. What are some ways we can apply this? This is the fun part, also the challenging part. Here's some, just some tips for you. Every time you pray, start with thanksgiving. I think there's something many of you probably already do. Every time you pray, just start your prayers thanking the Lord for what he's done and who he is. I think that's pretty straightforward, pretty easy. Here's one that's a little more challenging. When you experience a situation that might cause you to complain, or might, a situation where you might usually get frustrated, thank the Lord. 
I know this may sound a little bit unpastoral. If someone comes to me and they're frustrated, uh, it's not great to just say, well, just be thankful. But, but I think the heart, of, uh, the heart that Paul is calling us to is one where we are thankful in all situations. Uh, for, this, for this point, I was trying to think last night, I was thinking, I want to have a, a practical example of this point. Like maybe there's a situation in my life where I've tried to give thanks and it was a really frustrating situation. And I couldn't really come up with anything. And last night, last night, all three of our girls woke up in the middle of the night, were screaming, needed a bottle. <laughs> it was one of the, probably one of the worst nights we've had in, I don't know, maybe since we've had all three girls. Uh, they were all screaming in our bed for an hour. It was a frustrating moment. And in the middle of the night, I was like, I could feel myself getting tense and getting anxious and wanting to get really frustrated. No, I was frustrated. Uh, and I, as I was laying there, I feel like the Lord was saying to me, do you believe this stuff? <laughs> do you believe what you're going to be preaching tomorrow? Do you believe that you can give thanks in frustrating situations? And so I said, I said a prayer of thankfulness that was probably not my best prayer of thankfulness I've ever done. <laughs> but I said a prayer of thankfulness and I said, Lord, Thank you that you've given us three beautiful girls. Thank you that you're teaching us to grow in patience. Thank you, thank you that you're growing our trust in you. So God gave me a good example for this passage, <laughs> for this point. <laughs> but I encourage you, when there's situations, if you find that you, you kind of sometimes complaining or, or you're constantly feeling anxious about certain things, uh, allow God to prompt you to be thankful. It comes from the Spirit. This kind of, this kind of thankfulness comes from the Spirit. Here's another one. I call this dropping a thankfulness bomb on someone. What do I mean by a thankfulness bomb? If someone comes up to you and they're complaining and they're saying, ah, oh, I really just hate when Billy comes in the room. He's always so angry, and he's, or he always talks so much, and it just kind of annoys me. Uh, I think I think I think is good to do is just to shift the conversation around and say something thankful about that person. So maybe say, "Well, yeah, Billy's pretty. He talks a lot. That's true, but I like his passion. I'm really thankful that he brings so much joy and, and energy to the room." It's a good way of of kind of rebuking someone and also bringing life to the situation, bringing God's thankfulness, bringing his joy, his peace. So I call that the thankfulness bomb. If someone's come, uh, just say, talk, work thankfulness into the conversation. I'm, I'm actually, I'm okay. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for this person. We have so much division and so much anger in our culture right now. We have so many people who uh, look at others and say, they're evil, they're wrong. Their perspectives are different than mine, so I think they're evil. We have so much disagreement, so, so very few people seeing the good in others. So true thankfulness is so transformative. It can transform our culture. It can transform our church culture. Um, it can change the world. So I want to encourage you 
to pay close attention to those moments when you feel frustrated and pay close attention to those moments when you feel God leading you to be thankful. <laughs> 